Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing better than to put it in a fruit salad. Knowledge is a tool. Wisdom is the craft in which the tool is used. Knowledge is knowing what to say. Wisdom is knowing whether or not to say it. The Epistle of James is considered by many to be a New Testament book of wisdom. We hear some of that wisdom talk in today's reading. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. Gentleness born of wisdom. The lovely phrase, carrying it out, is something else altogether. And James seemed to know human nature pretty well. Bitter envy, selfish ambition, boastful, false to the truth. Such wisdom, he says, is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. This kind of earthly wisdom is born from envy and selfish ambition, and it brings disorder and wickedness of every kind. It basically comes down to what he calls the cravings that are at war within us. I spoke about this a little bit last week, you know, the power of the tongue for both blessing and cursing. When we focus too much on our own desires, even in our prayers, we give in to this earthly wisdom. But in today's Gospel reading, Jesus, as usual, gives us an excellent object lesson. In the section of Mark just prior to today's reading, Jesus has healed the epileptic child. The disciples perhaps feeling a little ambitious and envious, are amazed that they were not able to heal him as Jesus was. In fact, as they had been traveling, the disciples were arguing among themselves which of them might be the greatest. So picking up with today's reading a short time later, as the group passed through Galilee, Jesus lays down some serious knowledge. The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. As plain as that sentence is, they will kill him. He will rise again. The disciples fail to gain any wisdom or understanding. They're sort of stuck in that earthly wisdom, and they cannot fathom Jesus' wisdom from above. And when Jesus questions them about their argument, they are shamefacedly silent, caught by their own selfishness. James exhorts us to draw near to God, to the wisdom from above that is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, 
full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. How do we do that? I mentioned one way last Sunday. Listen to a different message. Listen to that one good tongue, the good news. When we stop to listen for God's voice, good things usually happen. James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now often, turning to God in Christ for many people is thought to be a once-for-all thing. Everything before is cast in darkness. Everything after is cast in light. But many of us know well, as James did, that conversion is never, ever complete. There's always double-mindedness, selfishness, ambition. We're human. I'm always reminded of the story of the monk who was asked, what do you do at the monastery? The monk replied, we fall down, we get up. We fall down, we get up again. Earthly wisdom is hard to avoid. It's even harder today given the constant barrage of that good old breaking news. We have to remember that complete consistency in life is not accomplished by one single commitment. It is slowly and painfully won through many small conversions. All those trials we endure and survive give us deeper insight, real wisdom into the full measure of God. So much of what we experience in the world, social upheaval, violence, war, murder, may be because our sense of human freedom has become distorted and diseased. It used to be that my rights ended where your nose begins. Now it's more like hit first, file a lawsuit later. Even religious belief has become dis divisive. We've lost the ability, and worse, the desire to listen to one another and to God. We've forgotten that we all, we all get our freedom from God. We've got to try to return to the wisdom of the one good tongue, to the truth that God's grace is sufficient for us no matter how many times we fall short we can always return to God. I think James is a little bit wrong when he says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. God is always near to us. Father Richard Rohr wrote, most of us were taught that God would love us if and when we change. He continues, in fact, God loves us so that we can change. What empowers change, what makes us desirous of change, is the experience of love. It is that inherent experience of love that becomes the engine of change. So let us commit, again, to return to God 
and to a simplicity of heart and integrity of purpose, as hard as it may be. As I said last week, we can work against bitterness and vitriol and hatred. We know the power of God in our lives. The light of Christ lives within us all. And we seek always to expand our wisdom and understanding to draw ever nearer to God. But it's our own nearness to God that enables us and empowers us to reflect God's goodness and grace to others. In this ever-darkening world, we must be the ones to share the light shining in the darkness. We must reflect the wisdom from above in our gentleness and our compassion. We must be the bearers of the good news of God in Christ. I began this sermon with some light-hearted aphorisms about knowledge and wisdom. I'll close with one of my favorites from Benjamin Hoff's book, The Tao of Pooh. Yes, Winnie the Pooh. There is knowledge. There is wisdom. Difference is compassion. Amen.